Today's podcast session is supported by Uphill. So if you ask a therapist who's doing clinical work what the bane of their existence is, usually progress notes are in the top one to two. I'm not naming any names, but when I was doing clinical work, I remember I had several colleagues who would get so backed up on clinical notes, so they would end up spending their nights and weekends trying just to catch up. Honestly, who wants to do that? And this is where Appeal comes in. Appeal is AI-powered case notes. Now, I know for many of us, when we hear the word AI, we're, there's like a natural skepticism. And honestly, I had that skepticism as well until I got to meet with the Appeal team and learn about some of the many ways that they are doing this in a way that is HIPAA compliant and also doesn't sell data to anyone and also protects our clients as well. You can learn more about Uphill and the awesome work that they're doing in the world uh, by going to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Uphill. And Uphill is uh, spelled U-P and then H-E-A-L, all one word. And at checkout, be sure to enter the promo code COUCH25, C-O-U-C-H, and the number 25 to get 25% off your Uphill plan for the first two months. Hey there, welcome to session 203 of Selling the Couch. This is actually going to be the last episode for this season. I'll be taking the next month off just to rest and recharge and also get some podcast conversations for next season lined up and recorded uh, just so that I don't run out of podcast episodes. But today's episode is actually one that I've been wanting to do for a while. And uh, I thought this would be just a good episode to wrap up this season, especially because many of us just have a natural slowing down when it comes to our businesses, whether we're going on vacations or clients are on vacations, the kids are home or or we're just uh, using this time just to rest. It's often just a good time to kind of evaluate to see how we're doing with our business. And I thought this would be just a cool episode just to hopefully help with that aspect of it. So if you have listened to past episodes of the podcast, you may realize I'm a little bit of a productivity junkie. I used to try to be really productive to get as much done as I could so that I could add more and more stuff to my plate and To be honest, for a long time, I found that I measured my self-worth and the ability to get more and more things done. And once I had that realization, and then the other thing is trying to get more and more stuff done and trying to be as productive as possible, it was just not a good idea in terms of self-care. And now what I try to do is I, I try to be productive. I try to focus on the essential projects for the business so that I can spend the most time that I need with with my family. Yeah, and just focusing on self-care. So today's episode is actually about how I structure my days and my weeks in order to maximize productivity, focus on self-care, and then focus on being really intentional to make sure that I'm doing things where I'm working on my business versus working always in it. And I'll explain a little bit more about what that means. But this episode is based on several ideas that I've either read about or have just discovered through a lot of trial and error and a lot of tweaking. So I wanted to share them with you because what sort of my assumptions are 
before I actually jump into the meat of what my schedule looks like. So side note, the challenge of an episode like this is that I'm trying to describe something visual in an audio format. So I've included a visual of what my weekly schedule looks like. You can find it on the thank you page if you have not signed up for the STC newsletter, which you can sign up at sellingthecouch.com forward slash newsletter. Or if you're a current subscriber, I will send out a link in this week's email for you just to get an idea of how how I structure my schedule, what my rough schedule looks like. Hopefully it can be an inspiration. And literally all I did was I used Google Sheets, which is Google's Excel equivalent, just to create a really basic schedule, nothing fancy at all. So back to the things that I've kind of learned in terms of scheduling and productivity and things like that. So I'm going to share five of them with you. The first one is you can get a lot more things done if you block out time to do big tasks. So ideally, big projects require what I try to do is a four-hour block of time. The second thing is you can do repetitive tasks faster if you chunk them in a block of time. So for example, with recording this podcast episode, actually an even better example would be when I reach out for guests for podcasts, what I used to do is I used to set aside an hour for example, each Tuesday morning to reach out to guests. And then I started to think, man, maybe I could just block out a chunk of time, like three or four hour block just to get reach out to guests for that season. And then I can kind of get things done, right? And then I just have to block out that one four hour block instead of having to do it over and over week after week. The third thing that I have kind of learned is you can get a lot more done if you have specific days just dedicated to kind of big tasks or kind of big projects that you're doing. So for example, for me, I have a day that's dedicated to just recording episodes of the podcast, a day where I focus just for Healthcasters, which is a podcasting community that I have for helpers and healers who podcast. Then I have a day just for the STC directory in order to make tweaks to the directory, kind of get feedback, those kind of things. And I have a day for clinical work. I found this to be helpful because then you already have a day dedicated to doing something. One of the things that I was doing in the past was I would start to do a task and then I would remember, oh, I have to do something else related to something else that was like completely unrelated to that task. So then I either would stop doing that task and then I would jump into that other task or I would stop doing that task and write it down and then try to squeeze it in if I had any extra time. And in short, it just got really stressful trying to manage all that. And I often felt like at the end of days that I just wasn't getting things done. And in fact, I was more stressed out than everything and than anything. The fourth assumption is or fourth learning is you can get a lot more things done if you employ what's called just-in-time learning. So if you do a quick Google search of just-in-time learning, it's pretty fascinating, just sort of the background behind it. But basically, it's this idea that you learn something when you need it and in a season for of your business versus just randomly learning about it. So I know that many of us are, we love to learn and we love to learn all sorts of different stuff. So for example, let's say that, you know, maybe you have heard about Pinterest and you've kind of done research with your clients. You're like, man, a lot of my clients are on Pinterest and maybe that's something that you want to jump into, right? And that's awesome. 
But maybe you're also right at the beginning of your private practice journey, and maybe the bigger task to focus on first is to actually build a solid in-person relationship network with three to five referral sources in the area. And so that might be the thing to focus on, right? So just-in-time learning is basically kind of holding, for example, in this idea, I'll learn about Pinterest at some point. So usually, like maybe what I do is um, try to pick a new thing to learn every quarter, And so I'll be like, okay, I'm going to focus on learning about Pinterest in third quarter of this year. And then the final assumption that I have is you can be more mindful about how you spend your time if you categorize your time. And I categorize it into three different categories, which I'll share here in a little bit. But categorizing my time within each day has been a life changer for me. And it's been a game changer for me because it's made me realize how I spend my days. And it's made me more purposeful about how I spend my days. So how do I structure my days? You're probably wondering like, Mel, this is really pretty interesting, but how are you actually doing this? So again, I shared the graphic of this, which you can find if you sign up for the Selling the Couch newsletter over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash newsletter. Or if you're a current subscriber, I'll email this to you guys in the weekly newsletter. But basically what I do is each day has an overall theme. So I'm sure this will change for me in the future. But currently, Mondays are STC directory days. Tuesdays are clinical days. Wednesdays are podcast recording and webinar days. Thursdays are healthcaster days. And then Fridays used to be kind of a another day where I would either do healthcasters or STC directory. But because we have a young baby, I actually spend that day now taking care of her and watching her. So Fridays tend to be kind of self-care family days. So each day I try to block out a four-hour block to do a big task. You have to kind of figure out what that time block is for you. But I have gotten it, and it didn't actually start out with a four-hour time block. It actually started, I think, with a two-hour. And then I kind of just started building it up to the four-hour. The four-hour time block is one that I heard in the book, The One Thing, by Jay Papasan and Gary Keller. And they recommended this four-hour kind of time block. And so during that four-hour time block, I'm just trying to figure out what's the one thing I need to do such that by doing it every day, it will make the future tasks of that project easier, both one week from now, one month from now, one year from now, even five years from now. Again, this idea is from the book, The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. So what I do is I kind of take this four-hour chunk and I break it down into 30-minute chunks. So I break my four-hour chunks into 30-minute chunks. And then I break the 30-minute chunks into 20 to 25 minutes of intense work, followed by 5 to 10 minutes just to rest and evaluate whether the previous time that I spent either the 20 or the 25 minutes was the best use of time. So how do I decide between whether to spend 20 minutes intensely or 25 minutes working on something of intense work? Basically, I I tend to lean toward the 20 minutes if I'm working on something where I'm not quite sure if it's the best long-term strategy. It gives me that 10 minutes to kind of evaluate things. If I'm more certain, like, okay, this is what I need to do, then I'll spend the 25 minutes, and then I just do that five minutes. Again, this idea is from the book Getting Things Done by David Allen. And the other small, little subtle thing is I try to have snacks and water on hand near my work table 
so that I'm not running downstairs to the kitchen and kind of wasting that time right in the middle. I noticed that I was doing that before and it was like taking away time from that four-hour time block. So usually then by one o'clock, I'm gotten quite a bit of stuff done, but I'm also kind of mentally tired. And so what I do is at one o'clock, I do some sort of moderate to high intensity exercise. Lately, I've been doing Insanity Max 30. You can do any sort of, sometimes if the weather's really nice, I do some kind of a hike. The reason I, I do this is one, just to get exercise, two, just to increase oxygen to my brain, and three, um, have a time just to let my mind rest and wander. I've read a lot of articles that, you know, a lot of like, I, th- I think it's like Einstein. I, I think I remember reading that a lot of times, I don't know if this is the truth or this is sort of like a, a story that was passed down, but apparently for approximately one hour, he would work. He would kind of walk for an hour uh, just to kind of let his mind wander and think through things. And I don't do the one-to-one, but I do try to just set an intentional time just to kind of let my mind wander and kind of percolate on things that I'm working on. And then once I usually am done with my exercise, I'll kind of eat a healthy lunch. Usually for me, it's a salad with some kind of a protein. And then occasionally I'll throw in a complex carb. I tend to do my carbs kind of in the morning and then do more greens, fruits, and proteins during the day. And then around two o'clock, I take a 25-minute power nap. I went much more into my napping routine and why I nap in episode 97 of the podcast, which you can find at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 97. So I won't go too much into details, but the reason I do this is again to kind of just rest my mind. And there's a lot of stuff around napping and creativity that I found helpful. And then around 2.30 to 3, I spend a little bit of time on social media, chatting with folks and a couple of Facebook groups that I, I manage. And then three to five is one of my most favorite times, which is my just-in-time learning. And so initially, three to five was really hard to get because I would stuff to do. And so I really had to like work really hard to get that time and guard it. But it's usually where I am learning related to that theme of the day. So basically, for example, if you know, for example, let's say Thursday is, you know, Healthcasters Day, right? So Thursday for my two-hour chunk, I'm usually learning something related to podcasting. Monday is STC directory day. So those two hours I'm related, I'm usually doing something related to sort of marketing or building an online directory, like some of the behind the scenes stuff that goes into building a successful one. So I'm in the process of implementing this on my clinical day and it's still early. So I What my plan is to see basically clients from nine to one and then follow the rest of my schedule. So the exercise, the nap, and then a time just to kind of learn. And what I'll probably do on that day is do a lot more private practice learning kind of stuff. So my immediate sort of goal is just to get really versed at online practice building and building an online practice and making sure I have my systems and processes. So that'll usually be my, that'll likely be my first topic for the just-in-time learning. And then finally, what I do is, I don't know if this is overkill or not, but this has actually been super helpful for me, but I color code each activity within the day into one of three categories. And so those three categories, I said, said I'd mentioned them earlier. And so those three, or I mentioned I'd shared them earlier, but the three categories are work in my business tasks, work on my business task, 
or self-care. Again, these are work in my business tasks, work on my business tasks, and self-care. Work in my business tasks are any kind of task. So these could be administrative tasks. These could be where I'm seeing clients. These could be basically where I'm trading time to create income. And then work on my business tasks are things that have to do more with strategizing, planning ahead, thinking about ways to scale the business so that I'm not always trading time to create income. Maybe I'm creating additional income streams, those kind of things. And then self-care is self-explanatory, right? As I mentioned, it's a lot easier. You might be at this point of like, oh, this sounds really cool, but how do I actually set up a schedule? I use Google Sheets to create just a really basic schedule. And what I basically did, I you know used columns Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday over the top. And then down the side, it's basically my times broken into 30-minute chunks. And then what I did is right underneath the top ones, I have themes. And so, you know, clinical day, healthcasters day, those kind of things. And then what I do is I, I, this is something I started implementing this year, but every three months I take a week just to evaluate how things are going. So I especially am looking for my, at my time blocks and I'm looking at that nine to one time block and seeing if how I've spent that last quarter and whether it's helping me align with my overall goals for the year. I'm also looking at the time that I'm spending in my business versus on it. And the reason I'm doing this is because I think for many of us, the natural tendency is to be really good at working in our business tasks. And so we may see clients, we may stretch ourselves, but we don't often focus, at least I don't, don't often focus on working on the business and thinking through. So I'm really trying to be cautious around that. Ideally, I think as a business grows, and if you really want to scale, you want to lessen the working in your business time and increase the working on your business time. And then I'm also looking finally at self-care and making sure that I really guard that time around self-care. So basically each day from 1 to 2.30 is kind of self-care time. And in the past, to be completely honest, this is an area that I've sacrificed. So meaning that, you know, if I've had some tasks and there was some little thing to get done, I was like, oh, I can just go into my exercise time and but it's fine if you you know have some big project to finish up, but I've learned that it's not sustainable in the long term, just because it kind of, for me at least, it kind of got me off center and it left me more stressed out. Again, I shared a couple of books right at the beginning, and I just wanted to kind of finish with those books just so that if you didn't get a chance to write them down. The first is Getting Things Done, and this is by David Allen, and I learned From this book, I learned the idea of the 25-minute work, intense work with the five-minute eval time, the one thing. And from this book, I learned how to align daily tasks with yearly or even five or 10-year goals. And then finally, The Miracle Morning. This is a book where I learned how to start my days in order to maximize what I do during the day. And I know I mentioned a number of things and books and stuff like that. You can find all of that on the show notes page over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 203. And finally, I wanted to wrap up with two things. First, thank you so much for continuing to listen to episodes of the podcast. We now have over 200 and 30 reviews of the podcast on iTunes and some of the really nice things that you guys have written. Uh, It's just been super encouraging for me as I 
am on this podcasting journey and figuring things out. And my sincere hope is that these episodes continue to be helpful for you as you take on that life of the uh, private practitioner and the entrepreneur. And finally, I just want to wrap up with uh, sharing an invitation to join us in the STC directory. The simple goal of the directory is just to make it easier for us to connect with one another and support one another in the building and growth of our practices. And I wanted to highlight one feature that we're actually working on right now, which is an office space rent and sublet board. So if you're looking, if you have office space, you'll be able to post information about it. So for example, you'll be able to share things like where the office is located, what times are available, other clinicians that might be using the office, whether it's a full-time rental or a kind of a part-time rental, the sort of the ideal person that would be a good fit for this office. So, you know, a clinician that wants to go from a solo to a group practice or a clinician that likes a modern vibe or, you know, the clinician that likes a lot of open space. So things like that. And then, of course, you'll be able to upload pictures of the office there. And then if you are looking for office space, you can actually see a group of listings and it's integrated with Google Maps. You can see exactly where that office is located and there's contact info for the clinician and all of those things. Just reach out to them if you need office space. You can learn more about the Office Space Sublet Board and all the stuff that's happening with STC Directory and sign up over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. Just a heads up, we're making some major changes. So if you go to that page, you'll be able to sign up if you'd like to get an email notification when the directory goes live. It should be coming up here in the next month or two. We're just making some big changes. So I didn't want to continue to have members come in uh, when we we're making these changes. But if you're listening to this in the future, again, you can go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory to sign up. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will see you in about a month. Take good care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.